everyone. Welcome to another episode of Anything and Everything with Donna Lisa. I'm your host, Donna Lisa. And today's special guest I have is Kathy Quo. Um, she is a commercial broker and um, she also does some residential as well, but also an angel investor. And she's also on the Forbes uh, Council, the board of the Forbes Council. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, rather. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know how busy you are, so I appreciate you taking time out of your evening. Um, just wanted to get into you because you you're just amazing. I follow you on oh, in social you. media. Um, you're a busy gal. Um, you're a go getter, and you're you're constantly nonstop. So um, let's talk a little bit about your background. How you how you got started in business and in got involved in commercial real estate. Sure, sure. So my family has been investing in real estate since pretty much I was a baby, but I got involved in uh, the family business when I was about a teenager. You know, it's the rags to riches American dream. We came here like my my parents came here rather like dirt poor $5,000 like, with you know, while my mom was pregnant with my brother. um, And we really didn't have much growing up. You know, okay. and so it was like that really like the ramen noodles kind of floor, like eating spaghetti yeah. was the cheapest thing. You were <laughs> so rationing learned, your noodles. <laughs> yeah. So I learned from an early age, you know, that like I knew I didn't want to be there forever <laughs> and I knew the meaning of hard work. And I was, you know, as I mean, I think you look Asian too, right? As, as Asian, um, as yeah. an Asian child, basically, um, you're involved in family business really early on. So basically, as soon as I can use a computer, Around 12, 13, I was helping with the underwriting, reviewing and drafting up contracts and things like that because English was the second language for my parents. And so I was their translator. And so I've been reviewing basically real estate contracts since I was like a teenager. Um, That's awesome. And then, yeah, studied, uh, studied real estate in college. Basically, I was one of those people, few who actually kind of used their college degree (laughs) into business school, Um, studied real estate in college. And then I applied for basically one job <laughs> when I was about to graduate. It's at CBRE. It's called the Wheel Program. Okay. And it's essentially their graduate trainee program. It's about 600 applicants apply for the position every year. Wow. And there's five people that get it. And basically, because you get to learn every facet of commercial real estate. So I was very fortunate in that I made it that less than 1% that got it. And so I got to learn from the best of the best in New York okay. City. Yeah, so my old teams, um, I worked with like the number one investment sales team in New York City. I worked with the number, like one of the top office teams in New York City. They did like Thrillist, WeWork, Sony. Those are like some of the big names that you guys might know in terms of um, brand recognition. I worked on like the global corporate services, which service American Express and McGraw-Hill. So these are like, I started kind of my career at the top of it, like with these Fortune 500 companies as clients and relocated to Vegas in 2014 okay. um, for investing tax and business opportunity primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so it's kind of, it's a very different um, ball game out here, but I absolutely love it. Like it's a lot more small businesses, mom and pop. Right. And like, I love that kind of stuff. I worked with a lot of corporate clients in New York and personally that wasn't as fulfilling for me. Like I, I love right. helping small business owners. I love helping people like my family that made it from nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally get it. That's awesome. If you've worked with some pretty big names up there, um, mm-hmm. I totally, you brought up yeah, the Asian like upbringing and stuff. Totally get it. Um, my parents, well, my, my dad grew up in the Philippines and helped uh-huh. run his, his, his father's business at a very young age. And uh, same here. My mom had a hair salon and at the early age of maybe six or seven, 
my brother mm-hmm. and I spent our school after exactly. school and on weekends sweeping up hair and emptying tra- mm-hmm. ashtrays because they could smoke in the salons then. So they totally get that. And then by the time we graduated high school and we're in college, we helped run, they purchased a franchise in Hawaii and we were managing oh, wow. it. So totally get where you're That's coming awesome. from with that. And yeah. Um, but I broke away from the family business and yeah. thought, you know what, I just want to get into um, something else and, and study business. Um, but yeah, I think that's great because it kind of helped prepare you for what you're doing now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so you've been here since 2014, so not very long at all. How yeah, long did it take here. you? Yeah. I mean, how long did it take you to get adjusted to the Las Vegas lifestyle and, um, you know, everything regarding real estate here in, in Las Vegas? Uh, not too long, actually, because okay. uh, so I came shortly after my family acquired most of our properties. Um, There's only one acquisition that happened after I came here. Okay. And so it was very interesting because I, I stayed with CBRE because that's where I was when in New York. So I did an internal transfer, stayed with the company for only about six months, honestly, to kind of learn the market a little bit. And then I just went back to take over our family portfolio. And basically we we focus on value add opportunities. So it's a little bit different than most investors that are looking for a cash rate and cap, um, like the cash flow and cap rate, basically. So what we're looking at is price per square foot. But what that usually means is that there's a lot of vacancy. So we, we buy the properties that may be like 50 to 60% occupancy or sometimes mm-hmm. even less than that. And we lease it up. And so my job was really to okay. find the tenants, do the marketing, lease it up, increase the income. And so that's what I focused on for a while here. And through that, I I learned a lot about the market and I was just on the investor side of the table for a while, but I actually went back to the brokerage side about like two or three years ago, um, kind of slowly transitioning, you know, taking on a few clients here and there, because I realized a lot of my friends were business owners Mm -hmm. and investors. And they were just like, there's no one who like can help us basically. They're like, right. we've tried to talk to commercial brokers. They either are not knowledgeable or they only specialize on the listing side. And so yeah. I, my team, what I created, I have two agents that work directly with me on just commercial real estate and we are buyer and tenant reps. And okay. so it's a very specialized niche in the commercial market in that like no one else is really doing what we're doing. Like a lot of people are listing agents or they're like industrial specialists or office specialists, mm-hmm. but they're not an acquisition specialist, which is really what we are. And okay. it's a very different negotiation and strategy than it is on the listing side. So the way I explain it to people is kind of like you have a plaintiff's attorney or a defendant's attorney. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their niche and what they're good at. And and that's what I realized that people didn't know how to negotiate on behalf of a buyer. They're so used to negotiating on behalf of the seller. They're right. like, you know, like if we were to dig deep, let's say a little bit, like, you know, when they're marketing a property, for instance, right, for an investment property, mm-hmm. they might be like showing 10 out of 20 expenses that are actually incurred to make the right. numbers look better. But then on a buyer rep, I'm like, I think you guys are missing like five or 10 expenses mm-hmm. out there, you know? And so I can kind of scrutinize that and then pinpoint it and help my buyers figure that out. That's awesome. And so at what point in your career did you think, okay, this is kind of the route I want to go, um, you um, know, was, after dealing with all the big other corporations mm-hmm. and. <laughs> um, so it was really like, you know, the best businesses and I come out of seeing a need. And for me, mm-hmm. it was like, when I came here, sat on the investor side of the table, have friends that are business and sat on the business owner side of the table, just having friends that are business owners and investors and hearing kind of their problems and issues 
where they're like, oh, we don't, we can't find someone who knows how to find properties, who knows how to negotiate on our behalf, or we signed this awful lease for our business and now we're stuck in it. Mm -hmm. And our agent never even reviewed it for us or didn't explain what this actually meant that we were signing on into. And so for me, it's just this, like, I love helping the, what I consider the underdog, you know, like the people like my family who have come here, who have like, you know, built up a lot of times investing their life savings, you know, building right. up their family over the years. Cause the institutional guys, they have all the professional help mm-hmm. they need. <laughs> you know, like the Fortune 500 companies, yeah. the, the big institutional investors, like even like, I mean, I have some bigger clients now that are syndicators, but most of them are also family businesses that built okay. from, you know, nothing up to like a 30, 40, 50, $100 million wow. portfolio. And so even though there, there are some of those clients now that are buying these 20 to $30 million properties that, that we're working with, they're also not really the big guys. They're like, no one would recognize their name. If I told you their name, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know who right. they were. Because they started from a family portfolio just like I did. And basically, they're like second generation of family portfolio and built it up. And so those are kind of like my um, my ideal clients, the people okay. who are really like passionate about what they're doing and really like have a, are mission-driven as opposed to money-driven. Like I think right. money motivation is great, but... I think it only gets you so far. Like if you're passionate about what you do, that's what's going to drive you. Absolutely. So you're definitely passionate about helping others. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, and I, I always ask my, my guests this, like, mm-hmm. obviously you have to get up and get yourself going every day. Yeah. Um, how do you motivate yourself? Is there like a daily affirmation or a quote that you like to start your day off with? Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes right now, it's on my Facebook page cover is um, basically it's a Zig Ziglar quote. And it's like, you can achieve anything you want as long as you help other people achieve what they want. And so like his quotes. Yeah. My quote, like that's one of my things that drives me, you know, like helping others build wealth and paying it forward because yes, I've worked hard, but a lot of people have worked hard, you know? And so it's really, yes, I've worked hard, but like I've been fortunate to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor from working so hard. And so it's, teaching that next generation how to achieve financial freedom through real estate, whether you're an agent or an investor or a business mm-hmm. owner. And that's why uh, when Lisa came to me with the idea of starting the brokerage, I was right. like, I'm in like, <laughs> yeah. at the time I was, so when Lisa came to me with this idea and this business opportunity, I was actually um, just an investor on the okay. table as a business and a business owner. And so I was like, honestly chilling, like after, years uh-huh. of like hustling. I was like going to the gym two hours a day. Like, You're good. <laughs> didn't have to work weekends, you know, like just kind of like coasting by to be yeah. honest. You know, like I was like very, like had a lot of free time. So I went into this bodybuilding phase of like going to the gym 10 hours a week. So I like, nice. fill my time with something productive. Um, and then I was like, do I really want to hop back into startup mode basically? Mm-hmm. Um, and for this, the answer was yes, because it's not just money. If I wanted to make more money, I would stay on the investor side of the table, make a lot more money right. <laughs> with a lot less time <laughs> as an investor um, because I had that basis already. Right. But to me, it was about building something greater than ourselves, than myself, which is like paying it forward, doing yeah. something that's fulfilling, doing something that's helping others and filling a need, you know, it's just filling a need, helping people build that because you're, you know, you're licensed, you're in the industry, I'm sure you know, like, a lot of places what we noticed when we were agents starting out there, I've seen the best of both worlds. And I'm Mm -hmm. fortunate for that, like, I've seen the best and the worst. 
and my team in the beginning was amazing and I want to replicate that and that like they really mentored me. Like they let me work on those big deals with them. Right. You know, right. not a lot of people are presented with those opportunities and that's what we do. Like, you know, we have agents that are like two or three years in doing four, $5 million deals. Right. And those agents don't see that for 10, 15 years into their career. That's and so I have like agents that are a year in, you know, she's, because she's working directly with me, mm-hmm. I let her work on, like I have her work on my deals, which she's seeing a $22 million deal on her that's first awesome. year in real estate. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, I totally get it. So like, um, you're right. Um, a lot of people don't have that opportunity to have people kind of coach them and mentor them. Um, and it's great that you guys do that. Uh, I did, I know you and I talked offline. Um, I was in real estate years ago, got into the events industry cause that's what I was passionate about mm-hmm. during the shutdown was like, okay, we're all completely shut down. Nothing's happening. What do I do? And my real estate friends have been trying to get me to go back for years. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'll go back and get licensed. So yeah. did that. And um, it's interesting because of my network and, you know, I, I get fed leads through friends and family. Yeah. Um, it's your circle of friends, but the brokerage I work for, they don't feed you leads. And I do have a girlfriend that started off with me at first. And she was like, I'm just not like you. Like I don't have a huge network and I don't know how to go out and find the business. And so she left to another brokerage that actually fed them these and had a great mentorship program. It was more for her. And um, yeah. I was like, awesome. That's good. But yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't get these deals after yeah. maybe over five to 10 years. So that's mm-hmm. awesome that you do that. And circling back for those of you listening and tuning in, um, Lisa is actually Kathy's partner. And I had Lisa on a future of, previous podcast. So that's kind of how I connected. I was, I was kind of stalking you on social media. I saw you, I was like, well, who's this other partner of hers? And, and I'm like, oh, she's got a lot going on. So, um, you also, aside from your busy schedule with work, you also are involved in like a lot of networking events. Like you network with a lot of CEOs, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's, sure. you spend a lot of your free time with these other business owners, um, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Is it just for you to help them with like question like needs that they have or is it for you to brainstorm uh you know on what your future plans are um i think it's all of the above okay. and more so it's like everyone and that's an entrepreneur has their own expertise and realm of genius as we yeah. call it you know and everyone's good at what they're good at because some of these um people that i network with like you know, they're years ahead of me in terms of business or like they 10x what my revenue is, but they don't know anything about real estate. And so they'll ask me for advice about like real estate investing and how you use real estate and tax strategy. And I'll ask them for advice on like right. org charts and like KPIs that I just learned, you know, and things like that. So everyone kind of has their niche. Um, and I love it because it's, I don't know if you've heard of the concept, but I'm big on like personal and mindset development. Yeah. Um, and Tony Robbins is one of the people I follow. And he mm-hmm. talks about this concept called peer groups and having the peer groups. It's, I mean, it's a concept that I think a lot of these thought leaders do like, you know, you are the culmination of the five people you spend most time with type of right. deal. And so I, I have some local groups that I kind of like naturally curated through my client circles. Like I, I serve so many business owners, that's my clientele. Right. And then they become friends of mine oftentimes. And I just recently actually joined an organization that's an official one called EO or Entrepreneurs Organization. And that one's international. Okay. And it basically is intended for business owners who have achieved a million dollars up in gross revenues. Um, and then there's also an accelerated program for business owners who have achieved 250,000 in gross revenues, but haven't hit that million and want to. And it's like a mentorship program. Like, you know, we're fortunate. I, you know, we have achieved that million in gross revenues, but mm-hmm. 
that's a common misconception, I think, of a lot of people who don't realize what business is like, that gross revenues does not equal net. You can have multi-millions in gross revenues and still be in the red. And most of the household names that we see, like these tech companies are like that. The Zillow, the the Uber, like all of these, they're actually in the red. If you actually look at their financials, you know, they have millions upon millions in revenues, but their expenses exceed their Mm -hmm. revenue. And so we're, we're, you know, like we have the revenue right now, but for us, it's scaling, you know, and basically, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know what you make, you do make a great point. Cause a lot of people see like the bigger picture, but they yeah. don't, well, they see you on the outside, but looking, looking on from the inside, they don't see the bigger picture Like you know, a lot of these companies are in the red. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, and that's what's helpful about like networking with these yeah. other entrepreneurs. Cause we kind of like understand, like, like a lot of people are like, Oh, business owners are so greedy. They're like, no, all these business owners. I know they're like, we're doing it for our mission or passion. Like right. most business owners I know, like luckily we're like, you know, knock on wood, we've been very fortunate. We haven't had to do this, but I know so many business owners who have literally pulled out of their own savings, right. out of, they pulled out loans to pay their staff when they weren't getting paid anything. And like, they were literally in the red, like they, they not only didn't pay themselves, but they used their own savings. They used like loans, they used whatever they could just to make sure their staff got paid. Right. And so I know a few people like that. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different. And that's why it's like a different conversation when you have like a circle of that, that people understand that they're like, oh, you're a business owner. You must have a lot of money. And it's like (laughs) a lot of money goes back to the business or to building. And often we're paying to, so that our staff can make money or that our team can make money. And that's great because, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, you did mention that um, you have an agent that's working with you right now and um, on a $22 million deal, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you're sharing that with her. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of brokers who are working brokers, you know, we consider them working brokers. They're actually sometimes competing with their staff Mm -hmm. or their agents. So it's nice that you do that and you share that, you know, with her. But um, that's awesome. I mean, this is all like great advice. For For somebody like interested in, trying to get their feet wet into like the commercial real estate side or, you know, investing side of what you do, what would you recommend them? Of course, there are a lot of people that probably watch a lot of videos, read a lot of books. I keep, you know, and I'm a huge advocate of this. It's like, you can read all you want and gain all this knowledge, but if you're not applying it, it's doing you no good. (laughs) Right. I'm on the same page as you. We're like, it's, It's, I mean, because I have friends all the time, they're like spitting out all this knowledge. I'm like, that's great. But what are you actually doing about it, you know, to get started? And you're going to fail. Failures, that's the only way you actually learn. Believe me, like I've seen my parents' business. They had a couple of businesses. I started a couple and, um, you know, you you fail, then you learn. And then you either sell, pull out whatever, and then you get into something else. But until you find what really works for you, Mm -hmm. um, you're never going to learn until you actually get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like you're speaking my language, That's right? Exactly <laughs> what I tell people like all the time. Okay, it's like yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like you need to fail. Failure is like your best lesson, right? You know, and people, I think a lot of people just they see the road to success. They think it's like an overnight success, and I think it. You know, social media honestly, it doesn't help, unfortunately, because it shows the highlight reel, and people are like, build this million dollar business right. in six months, but they didn't talk about the six or ten years that they spent failing to learn all the lessons, get all right. the tools, like all the connections that it took to build that million dollar business in six months. So right. there's a lot that goes before that as long the road to success. I think. Um, so I would say, like, to get started, you know. In, I would say in commercial real estate, I actually, 
you know, I, my team now, they, you know, they both kind of like came to me and right. um, I, I get people probably on a weekly basis, at least one or two calls a week, whether it's residential agents asking for advice or asking to work on my team or asking me to mentor them. Right. And I say no to 90, 95% of people. Really? <laughs> and yeah, so it's like, um, I do want to build a team, but kind of circling back to what I was saying before, one thing that I really look out for mm-hmm. is that passion and that right. drive and that care. Because if you, they tell me like, oh, I was like, why do you want to go into commercial? I asked this is one of my, you know, kind of filtering questions. If they tell me, oh, it's a lot of money. I'm like, <laughs> next, you know, like, right. No, like just because if you're just in it for the money, it's, you're not going to survive. Right. It's tough. As you know, real estate's tough, but commercial is even tougher. And you know, you have to be in it for the passion. Like the agents that work with me, they genuinely are like me. They want to help business owners. They understand mm-hmm. some of these clients, they're pouring their life savings into their dream to start a restaurant, to start a business, whatever it might be. Like you have to actually care about them in there and right. be discerning. Like I've, I'm that, and same with investors, even, you know, like people talk about investors, like, oh, they have all this, but a lot of these people, like they sacrifice, they they grind it through the years to get that money to invest. You know, you don't want to just like throw it away. And so I'm that person who will tell like clients to walk away from the deal. If it's not, if it's not something I would get into, I'd be like, it's not a good deal. I don't care if I have to start from square one. So if you're, if someone says they're in it for the money, they're going to be that person that tries to pressure clients into like signing something that's not in their best interest because they don't want to start over because it's easy money, whatever it is. Like, that's not the person I want on my team. I, and I've done, cause I've actually done the opposite where I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're at the sign table. We got the lease or we got the contract. And I'm like, given the terms that they're not budging on, we might want to start at square one. Right. And I've done it. I've done it more than once and clients appreciate that. And that's how I've built a business. That's a hundred percent referral based. Like I'm fortunate. I've never paid for ads. Right. All of my clients come through past clients, through realtors, actually residential right. that I know. And through other business leaders and people in the community, because they know that I have that integrity. And so that I would say, if you want to get in commercial real estate, don't mm-hmm. do it because you think it's easy money. Do it because you love helping business owners. You love capitalism. You love the American dream. You right. love helping people build wealth. And then you'll succeed. That's good advice. And that's so true. It's that typical yeah. sales role. I mean, I've been in sales all my life. I used to work in hotel sales and mm-hmm. you hear what some people are promising clients and you're like, really? I would never mm-hmm. reach to it, but okay, that's what you want to do to get the sale. Totally get it. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, it's nice that, you know, you have like these, of course I get it because my parents were probably just like yours where they invested their entire life savings into starting, you know, getting into a franchise and yeah. it's like, okay, you know, um, you have to kind of, you know, understand their situation and make sure that you're doing the right thing for all the money they're investing for yeah. sure. And it's very personal. Like it, I'm sure you get it given your story too. It's very similar to mine. I read this, this other quote that really resonated with me. It's like, you know, as the child of immigrants, our parents were tasked with the job of survival and us with the task of self-actualization and fulfillment like what a privilege that is right and so for us to be in this position as this you know the children of the immigrants we've seen their struggles and we've seen what they sacrificed and like I would never like screw someone like my parents over that's the way I think of it like what if that was my mom you know like what if that was my parents like and that's why the people who are just like I just want to get a deal done like I just want to make as much money like I'm like there's a million ways to make money Mm -hmm. you don't need to do this like you need to do this because you are truly passionate about helping people. 
Right. Nope. That's, I completely agree with you. Even on the residential side when I'm dealing with, you know, buyers or sellers and some, excuse me, sometimes I see like a deal and I'm like, uh, you know what, personally, I don't think it's a smart thing for you to do, but it's ultimately your choice. Here's why. Um, yeah. And then they do appreciate that. They're like, Oh, you know, thanks. You're not just out there to try to sell me a house or, you know, sell my house and make all this money. I'm like, no, I'm definitely trying to look out for you and what your best interest. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing all your ideas and, and tips. Um, you definitely have a lot of information that you can, you know, share with folks. Um, I love that you're so involved with the community of business owners and, you know, um, you're continuing to do more, which is nice. So I love following you on your social media. I love all the funny videos that you do. Very, very educational though. Some of them are very educational and it's nice that you show, I just saw one recently where you were grinding at like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, this girl does what I do. I'm always up late at night doing extra stuff, you know, aside from like my full-time job. Then I go in and everyone's like, why are you still working? I'm like, right. That's what I do. So I love yeah, it. it's, it's nice that they see the grind because they don't, I mean, they can see all the great stuff that you have, but they don't see how you get it and how hard you're working to achieve all that success. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kathy, for no sharing your story. You. Um, Definitely would love to connect again in the future. And um, I wish you much more success this year. It's going to be an amazing year for everybody. Um, hopefully we can meet in person soon. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. me know. I mean, if, if you can make it Wednesday night, I'm doing a event. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Definitely. Well, thank you. Enjoy your evening and um, we'll definitely be in touch again. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy your evening too. We'll thank keep in you. touch. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.